Hey, my name is Tanil, and I'm passionate about helping mom entrepreneurs reach their true potential while navigating the chaotic journey of life, family, and business. I'm a digital marketing specialist, an extremely curious human with a growth mindset, and a certified wizard of the mind, specializing in clinical hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy. This is where the woo-woo rubber meets the road, my friends. We will dive into empowering discussions, actionable strategies, and inspiring stories to help you thrive in both your personal and professional lives. So pull up a comfy chair and let's ditch the debate and make it happen. Welcome back to another episode of Ditch the Debate and Make It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Tanil, and I want to start off by apologizing for not showing up over the last few weeks. My year most certainly did not start off how I anticipated it would, so I needed some time to just figure all of that out. But I'm back. And today I want to get into the relentless mom guilt. Such a wasted emotion, right? But it's so real. Coming off the festive season, family time, and all the fun into hitting the road running for 2024, an overload of intentions, goals, and tasks. I know for me, mom guilt is at its peak. Let's dig into this annoyance. What is mom guilt? Well, it's that nagging feeling that we carry with us constantly of not measuring up to an impossible standard. A picture-perfect home, styled and neat as if it was about to be sold in Beverly Hills. The exceptionally well-behaved children showcasing their skills and talents while being incredibly polite and caring. The doting and supportive partner, the incredibly successful business that is allowing you to showcase your one-hour-a-day workload and all of the business class travel. And then there you are, glammed up as if you've just walked out of a professional photo shoot on a random Tuesday morning, hair, makeup and attire all meticulous and gorgeous, a bikini body with flawless skin while you smile overlooking your perfect life of quote-unquote having it all. Well, this is what I was sold, thanks social media. In reality, it's more like a home that has floors which have not been clear of clutter, toys and Lego since 2015. Kids that come with ears as optional extras and haven't behaved since they were in the womb. And let's be honest, it was touch and go even then. I will give it to them though. They have exceptional skills at negotiations. I have found myself questioning my level of education on more than one occasion. The partner... Well, he'll be found hiding out in his office, sometimes in the fetal position, rocking backwards and forwards, questioning all of his life decisions. I'm lucky if my business allows me one hour off per day, and the only travel I get to do is running the kids around for their school, sports, birthday parties and playdates. And then there's me. My idea of glam is washed hair, eyeliner and a look where the bags under my eyes aren't a permanent fixture of my face. The bikini body left me years ago and there will be no return as well twin pregnancy the skin is holding up as best as it can kudos i live by the quote from michelle obama where she says you can have it all but not at the same time so let's open the can on this ridiculous standard that we all seem to hold for ourselves it's not true it does not exist okay so I'm off my soapbox now. I want to go over the main causes, I mean sources of mom guilt. 1. Societal expectations. Thanks to Instagram, picture-perfect lives, and 
Pinterest perfect recipes and birthdays, we will never give ourselves a break. It's not true, my friends. Let's not get trapped in this idealistic version that is posted online. Most people don't share the real life, and we know that because we're probably guilty of it too. But here's the thing. Society isn't raising my kids, running my business and household, being a wife, friend, sister, daughter. I am. So why do we allow outsiders to influence us? I totally get that the picture-perfect life is admirable and even aspirational, but it's not real life. It's a moment. So let's focus on what we have and how we need to be the best version of ourselves in order to get it all done effectively. Two self-imposed standards. I get that this comes from point one, but it also comes from generational conversations on how moms back in their day had six kids, no help, and everything was fine. Well, it wasn't. So let's just nip that in the bud now. Dr. Gabor Mate, my favorite mentor, has stated that being a mom in this current climate is as hard, if not harder, than it's ever been since World War II. The reason being, is that we've had to adopt so many more roles than ever before, applying unrealistic pressure and loads onto us, and we're still expected to be the quote-unquote perfect mother. I have tried, I really have, so, so many times. But there's always something that gives, whether it's the house, the relationships, the self-care, the quality time with the kids, it's just not possible to do it all perfectly all the time. We need to check our own standards and give ourselves a break. Three, comparisonitis with other moms. Why? Why do we do it? We aren't living in those moms' houses. We don't know what they're really going through or having to deal with. It reminds me of a story that I heard when I was younger. Just stick with me here. I may not do it justice, but here we go. It was about a wise man who had the ability to help people with their problems. One day, a young boy approached him seeking guidance. The wise man agreed to help the boy and led him to a room where there were numerous bags of different sizes. The man explained that each bag represents the problems and challenges of different individuals. Some bags were small, others were large, signifying the varying degrees of people's difficulties that they face in their own lives. The man then told the boy to choose a bag. After carefully examining all the bags, the boy chose the smallest suitcase, believing it to be the least burdensome. The wise man smiled and said, open it. To the boy's surprise, inside the small suitcase were his problems, exactly as they, he knew them to be. The wise man revealed, you see, everyone has their own set of problems. What may seem small to one person may seem significant to another. It's not about the size of the problems, but how we deal with them. I hope that helps putting our comparisonitis to bed. Fourth, the final one is balancing work and family. Again, stems from unrealistic expectations, but the balancing act is a real issue. From newborn to school, the time demand on us is huge, and that ripples through our relationships and our work. Even when we're back at work, we're still a mom. And every call, every sniffle affects our ability to be present at work. And when we do get a chance to break free a bit and focus fully on work, we feel the guilt of wanting to be with our kids and vice versa. These aren't the only sources, but I'm pointing them out as they have been the most prevalent for me. 
And what I've found with these is the impact that it's had on my mental health. The impossible standards then result into us feeling inadequate, not good enough, questioning all our choices, not wanting to be out socially for fear of judgment, and so it goes on. The anxiety, stress, and overwhelm that comes with this is untenable. For the longest time, I wouldn't go out in public unless it was early mornings when the shops were still pretty empty so that no one could see me as I had convinced myself that I was such a failure with my body as I didn't look like my colleagues, strangers, and celebrities. Then, when I visited my friends, I would berate myself for hours after that as they were such better moms than I was. They had their shit together. Their kids were better behaved. They were so creative with birthdays, school activities, and so on. When I was around other moms from school, I felt like I needed to wear a sign saying Mother of the Year, as they also had their shit together. Their kids were well-mannered, polite, in routines, focused, and mine looked like they had just climbed off the back of a safari truck. I often find myself isolating, as it gets too much sometimes. There is not a day that goes by that I don't spend a huge amount of time, consciously or unconsciously, thinking about whether or not I'm making the right decisions in how I am parenting, whether or not the way I am interacting with these little humans is conducive for where we're at in the world. Will they be good? Am I doing enough? Am I teaching them the right things? Am I too hard? Am I too soft? Do other kids like them? Have I made them resilient? Are they spoiled? Oh my word, I can go on for days. And apparently so can my brain. At any hour, it's exhausting. And spoiler alert, we never stop being moms, so it's not going away. Yay us! Okay, so moving on here, I want to share a few strategies that I use to try and manage this mom guilt rubbish. I've started to talk more about it in my journal, and I do it from a positive angle. So for example, if I'm feeling inadequate because I didn't cook a home-cooked meal and we had to grab a takeout, I would reframe it in the way that I got to spend more quality time with my family because I didn't cook, if that makes sense. It does feel like a bit of a hack, but it does work, so I'm here for it. I have reset my completely unrealistic expectations, and to be honest, I barely have expectations now. Just roll with it is what I say. We can't control everything, and we can't live up to a standard that just does not exist. So let's work on the things that we can control, so that those curveballs are much easier to manage. I am more present and I meditate more. When I'm in a good moment with my family, I make sure that I'm fully present in it and I take it in, as that feeling helps me navigate a negative one, as I just think back to it and it counters whatever negative moment I'm having. I don't meditate every day, but I do try at least every second day, even if it's a quick five minutes. It just brings me back to myself and my nervous system thanks me. And the final one is self-care and compassion. It is always spoken about, but never adhered to. I know because I'm guilty of it. But I can absolutely feel the difference when I do do it. My self-care can be an uninterrupted hot bath or an outdoor walk listening to my audiobook. I love it. It makes a huge difference to my day. The self-compassion takes a little bit of work, but here's the thing. We are kind, supportive, and loving to everyone else. We need to treat ourselves the same. We are all 
we've got. And if we don't do it, we can't expect anyone else to. Plus, this is one of the best lessons that we can give our kids. To show ourselves compassion will teach them to do the same. Imagine living in a world where you watch your kid treat itself like you currently treat yourself. It's a hard pass for me. So that's it from me today, my friends. I could literally stand on my soapbox on this for days, but I'll spare you today. Remember, mom guilt is absolutely real, but it doesn't have to be given a seat at the table. We are all doing the best that we can, and I assure you, it is more than enough. No more comparisonitis. You've got this. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ditch the Debate podcast. If you loved this episode as much as I did, head on over and review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every single week. I'd love to hear more from you on the topics you want to hear. So head over to the episode link in the show notes and let me know in the comments what you most want to hear next. This is Tanil signing off. I'll catch y'all soon.